This is episode 166, Building a Daily Gratitude Practice, Part 9, Reframe. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Dance of Life podcast. Every week, my goal is to inspire you to take action towards what you love, live a transformed life, and enjoy the journey there. Are you ready? Let's go. Good morning, good morning, wherever you happen to be. Thank you so much for joining me today at the Dance of Life podcast. My name is Tudor Alexander, and I will be your host. Today, we are continuing our series, our Monday series, for the next couple of weeks. We have still a couple more episodes, but if you have not joined us yet, check out the previous ones. We've got a lot of really useful little tidbits pretty much I've put together on how to build a daily gratitude practice. If you don't know, I've written a book recently about it. It's called The Gratitude Map. It's totally free to you to have, so check it out, thegratitudemap.com. comes with a free mini course. You get a lot of really cool free stuff to help you jumpstart your life with gratitude. You know, gratitude has been such a big part of my own practice in life, my own uh, mental health, honestly, emotional health, spiritual health, everything from my motivation in the morning to recovering from stress and change, having a practice of tuning back into the present moment to reframing, which is what we're going to talk about today. You know, all these different habits have really made a huge difference in my life. So that's why I've put together all these things for you to check out. Like I said, they're free. Uh, There's other stuff you can get as well, the full program. But look, at the end of the day, if you're a person who takes action, then utilize these free resources to you and you can make a profound difference in your life. I truly believe that. You know, you've got this podcast, you've got your free stuff. Go out there and take some action. These little tidbits I'm going to share with you today, especially with reframing. Reframing is such an important aspect of our life in general because we're constantly under the pull of our minds and and the the meaning that we're making. So your ability to reframe what happens to you is not just important for practicing gratitude. It's really important for managing your whole life. Because there's always going to be something that happens that your mind is going to put a judgment on that isn't productive. And we're going to want an explanation, and sometimes there is no explanation. Or the explanation we're coming up with is just not productive. It's giving us more anger, more anxiety, more worry. So the key is, how can we manage that mind? How can we transform right a situation from being unproductive mentally to one that allows us freedom, that gives us space? That gets us back into action. And a big part of that, it all really, it all starts with meaning and with the meaning that we make. And I can tell you, I've been through a lot of different courses. I've read a lot of different books. And one of the things that's changed my life uh, was a program called Landmark, but they're all over the world. But here in Phoenix, we have a Landmark Center. So if you have a chance to check that out in your life, in your own life, if you're curious about this stuff, highly recommend it. Uh, They do a lot of work with that meaning stuff, but really every personal growth program in my book, is going to look at meaning as one of the foundational pillars of managing your life, of managing your mind, managing your emotions, you know, meaning in the book that I wrote, The Gratitude Map, the three components of a grateful state were, one of them was language and meaning. So you have your senses, you have your physiology, your state, uh, you know, being able to be present, obviously, with your attention, and then meaning you know, the language that you make. So if you're, if you have an unproductive meaning placed upon something, then it's going to be pretty difficult to be grateful. It's going to, because there's, you know, 
in, if, if you were here for the previous series of, of episodes that I did on the obstacles to gratitude, one of the main obstacles that we encounter on a daily basis is attachment. And if you remember what that one is, or if you're not familiar with it, attachment is when we judge, when we judge something, which we always do, right? And we hang on to that judgment. And so by doing that, we, we don't have any space in our mind for anything new. You know, when you're attached to the way something should be, or a person should have done something, or it should have gone, or how it has to go in the future, you're attached to it. And sometimes we need to create attachments, obviously, for, for the things that we do in life with business, to create goals, to create benchmarks for ourselves. Obviously, we need to pick something and be attached to it in some sense. But at the same time, in that process of attachment, we get a little too sticky, if that if that makes sense. You know, we, we stick onto it and we don't accommodate for change. We don't accommodate for failure. We don't accommodate for things out of our control. And that's where the attachment can cause us a lot of resistance and struggle. So with with meaning, this particular obstacle is very important. You know, as we talk about reframing, this particular obstacle of attachment is the main thing to overcome. And if you remember in the series on those obstacles, what we talked about also is that these obstacles, one of the things to remember, there's two really. The first one is that they're unavoidable, so it's not like you can cure yourself of making unproductive meanings in life. That's not never going to happen. But the other side is that they, rem- they remind you of something very valuable that you can take action on. So what does that mean? Well, if you think of each one of these obstacles that you experience, let's say attachment, as an imbalance of some kind, well, you just correct the imbalance with what it's asking you to do. So if you're leaning too far forward, again, I use this example for movement because it's easy to relate to. If you're leaning too far forward, you just lean back. That's that's the key. So the same with an obstacle like attachment. So we have to look at what is what is atta- what is the opposite of attachment? Like what is the correcting movement? Let's put it that way. That corrects that imbalance. And in terms of attachment, when you're attached to something, the correcting movement is forgiveness. Being able to forgive. Now, forgiveness has a very heavy weight to it in the sense that we have all this attachment to it, right? We have, we have a meaning that we've created around forgiveness, that it's hard to do, that you're condoning other people's behavior, all these different types of things. But in reality, forgiveness is, has nothing to do with external people or situations. It's really just about you, your own ability to clear the slate in your mind, to let go. And that's what reframing is. You know, Today, we're talking about habit number nine, reframing, which is really your ability to forgive the situation, not just a person necessarily, but anything. You know, you put a, let's say you stump, you know, your foot on the bed or something like that. And now that bed is stupid or poorly designed or whatever else, you know, we start blaming immediately. Well, forgiveness is letting go. Don't let that association happen. Don't let it live in your mind. That's a simple one, but, you know, sometimes it's a lot harder than that, especially when you deal with people especially people that are close to you, you know, so we have to be able to forgive and reframe if we want to have the space for happiness, for gratitude, for all these different types of emotions that make us enjoy life, that help us stay motivated, that help us not waste our energy. We have to be able to clear that slate. So kind of the scenic route that we took today to get to this first quote that I want to share with you, and then we'll jump right in back into the episode. But I found this quote by Sarah Blakely. If you don't know who Sarah Blakely is, she's a 
self-made billionaire. She's the inventor of Spanx. She's a big deal. But she's a very inspiring person. And she this is a bit of a longer quote. It's like a little mini story. But this is what she says. She goes, when I was growing up, my dad would encourage my brother and I to fail. We would be sitting at the dinner table and he would ask, so what did you guys fail at this week? If we didn't have something to contribute, he would be disappointed. When I did fail at something, he'd high-five me. What I didn't realize at the time was that he was completely reframing my definition of failure at a young age. To me, failure means not trying. Failure isn't the outcome. If I have to look at myself in the mirror and say, I didn't try that because I was scared, that is failure. Again, that was by Sarah Blakely, and that was part of a longer piece, but I really think it points to something very important, which is reframing failure, reframing the things that happen to us and seeing the opportunity in disguise. It's the same thing we talked about with the obstacle, the obstacles, obstacles of attachment. When you experience attachment, when you experience something that's unproductive to you, it's an opportunity to practice forgiveness. It's an opportunity to get better at reframing. It's an opportunity to practice working with the meaning that you've made in your life and, and reshaping it. You know, one of the things that's changed my life, that's why I really highly recommend this kind of work. Anywhere you can do it. You know, Landmark was something that I went through, but find it in your own community. Go out, listen to these podcasts, take workshops, take seminars, read books. You know, learn that meaning is something that's a clay that you can shape. And like I said, that's easier to do in some situations than others, but ultimately it's all the same in the sense that the meaning is a clay that you can shape. And when you realize that, when you realize that the things that you have decided that mean something, they are not necessarily absolute truth. And the things that give you serious emotions and heavy emotional responses, that when you realize that they are not the absolute truth, that's very liberating. And we are in the continual work of doing that because even with all this training, you know, you're still gonna you're still gonna get situations in life that really challenge you. They really challenge that meaning making mind and and will challenge you to practice reframing and gratitude and all these different things. But at the end of the day, your commitment to that path by having this habit in your life is so important. You know, we have these heat vision goggles I I'd call I talk, I talk about this in the book a little bit too, but basically imagine that you're wearing these heat vision goggles. You know, you, you can imagine like those infrared things where they show you patches of heat and things like that, right? So basically what that's a metaphor for is that in life you have this invisible set of goggles that tell you what's important based on your experiences and the, your culture, your upbringing, the things that you experience as a kid, your traumas, the meaning that you make. It sets up this invisible heat vision goggles, but we don't realize that until we take those goggles off and we connect to the fundamental truth that life is really meaningless. Now, when you hear that word meaningless, the problem is that there's an association to it. There's an association that says, oh, meaningless is negative. It's bad. It's nothing. Literally, it's nothing. It's just meaningless without meaning, without an emotional charge. That's why nature is so refreshing, and that's why it's one of the habits. I've got actually two habits that I shared with you in this last journey of a couple of weeks, which was going outside and talking to plants. You know, nature at its heart is just this beautiful, meaningless, changeless, you know, 
it's changing all the time, but at the same time, it's 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 forever. It's changeless. It's this eternal blank slate, and it's beautiful to connect to that. And it reminds us that that chatterbox in our brain between our ears is not the absolute truth. It is there. It's talking, but it's not the absolute truth. So go outside, talk to plants, and reframe constantly. You know the power of language to shape our emotions is so, I cannot overstate it enough. I've said this so many times throughout my different shows and podcasts, the power of language, man. Like I'll give you three language hack examples. These are all little reframes that you can use on a regular basis. The first one, you probably heard some of these before already, but again, it's about the practice. It's not about the, these aren't some huge rocket science ideas, but they are powerful when you practice them consistently. The first one is, Happening for you, not to you. Life is happening for you, not to you. When something happens to you, you're a victim. When hap- when something happens for you, that means there's some resourceful, productive thing that you can take out of it. It's an opportunity. Even the most negative thing, if it's happening for you, how how is it happening for you? What can you get out of this situation to help move yourself forward, to help discover your life purpose more, to help you get stronger, to help you get smarter, to help you listen more, to help you understand more. There's always some purpose. And how you see it in your mind happening for you versus happening to you immediately shifts your attention and emotions in a particular direction. One is productive, one is not productive. So you have to start seeing that language and our emotions are completely interlinked. That's why mastering your language and what things mean to you specifically is so important because they are directly linked to our emotions and we are emotional creatures. When your emotions get out of control, you cannot think rationally. You can't make really good decisions. You don't have the energy to create. You can't live that abundant life. You can't have great relationships. All those things that we want. You can't be productive in your business if you're pissed off all the time or if you're not forgiving or if you're not reframing. It's going to make it really difficult to enjoy your business, even if you are financially successful. So that's why these things are so important. The second one I have for you is you get to versus you have to. I get to do this versus I have to do this. Another very useful tool to help reframe a situation when you know, you're feeling obligated, when you're feeling, again, like a victim, when something that you have to do, think of it as, hey, I get to do it. Now, a lot of things, you know, some people may say this is like fooling yourself, you know, tricking yourself, trying to be clever with mental gymnastics. And really, it's not because the difference is you have to be authentic about it. You know, if you're lying to yourself and say, well, I get to, and you still believe that you have to, then you haven't really shifted. You haven't really reframed it. Reframing it doesn't mean lying to yourself. Reframing means exactly that. It means reframing it creating a new frame. So it's an entirely new meaning. It's not taking something and trying to sell it as the old thing, but with a new price tag. It is recreating it. And that's really important in this whole process is to realize that you're recreating things. When you you change how you talk about something, you are recreating it. You're creating something. When you you say something, you, you create it. You create it negatively or positively, whichever way you create it, but you're always creating. So your language has the power to create. So the last one I have to share with you is and versus but. 
This is a very clever little thing again, but very simple, but very powerful. You know, when oftentimes we say like, I want to do this, but there's X, Y, and Z in the way. I want to, you know, get a better body, but I don't have the money for a gym membership or a personal trainer, whatever. Well, by switching, you know, when you say that, but, and I say, ah, but, you know, this problem, X, Y, Z, it stops you from thinking. Immediately when you say that, your creative brain shuts off and you say, well, that's life. That is what it is. And I'm just not going to do anything about it. But when you switch that word to and, and you say, hey, I want to, you know, get a personal trainer and I don't really have the money to afford it. Now, suddenly the problem is still there. It's not going away, but now you can think of it. You can think of it creatively because to be creative is to unite two things. It's really just seeing the relationship between two things. That's really what creativity is. It has nothing to do with arts or, you know, playing music or painting or anything like that. It's really just seeing how two things relate in a way that hasn't been related before in a novel way. That's what being creative is. When you use your analytical brain, the one that's designed for survival and, you know, shortage and keeping you, you know, safe, that separates things. It sees how things are separate. So it's very important to understand these fundamental distinctions because when you use language, depending on the word you use, as small as these words are, and and but, it activates a different part of your brain. It's phenomenal how this works. So when you say, I want to get a personal trainer, but I can't afford one. I can't afford it. So you look at that and say, okay, I want is over here, but I can't afford is over there. So there's a line between those two. So I've separated what I want from my problem and there's no connection. So you can't operate and create a solution in that situation because they're separate. You don't see how they're connected. So we just give up. You say, ah, I want to do this, but I can't afford it. So hmm, there you go. Well, by just changing that word, by reframing it and saying, I want to get a better body and, you know, I can't afford a personal trainer. Okay, so now these two things are connected and I can say, okay, how can I be creative now? I have these two things that are connected, what I want and my problem. So how can I be creative and see, figure out, maybe I can borrow some money for the first month, maybe I can get a new job, maybe I can apply for a second job, whatever else. Right, So it gets you in a different mindset. And that's ultimately what this is about. It's about triggering a different mindset with the words that you use. So reframing is super important. Big part of having a daily gratitude practice. I've given you a couple of conceptual ideas here. Also a little bit of examples. I'll give you some suggestions on how to incorporate these habits. You know, So every time we do this series, I'll give you about three different ways that you can incorporate into your life and the challenge here is to pick three of these habits at least, not three of the suggestions, three of the habits. So you'll have to go back and look at some of the other episodes and we still have a few more. So make sure you tune in for that. We've got about three more, I believe. So the challenge is pick three of these habits and create your own daily gratitude practice out of them. So let's say going outside, talking to plants and reframing. You're going to do that every day. Through those three habits, you're going to commit to those every day for 14 days. And that's the whole point. That was the whole idea behind the, the book and the hella grateful challenge that I put together. You guys can use the Daily Gratitude Practice Facebook group. There's no promotion in there. It's just fun and sharing gratitude challenges. People are sharing about their life, encouraging each other. 
really, really awesome place. So use these resources to you. In your free mini course, you've got a PDF workbook you can make your own little journal out of, uh, you know, to create your own basically gratitude practice. So basically use these resources and commit to three of these habits a day for 14 days. And let me know how it goes for you. I'm really curious. You can tag me on Instagram. It's uh, at Tutor Alexander Official. You can message me on Facebook, whatever else, you know, however you want to do it. Let me know. I'm really curious. I'll see you guys in the group for sure. But commit to this for 14 days, at least, ideally for the rest of your life. You know, that's my whole goal with this is to inspire at least one new habit in your life uh, for the rest of your life, because it'll make a difference. You know, 14 days is a good start, but the rest of your life is much longer. So number one, you have three different ways to incorporate reframing. And, you know, by all means, feel free to invent your own. But these three are some good suggestions that I have for you. So number one is pick a thing that happened to you that is still unresolved and using a journal, write down three different meanings. So they could be totally weird meanings. They could be different, slightly different meanings, but just practice that and then see how it feels like and then do it again the next day. So keep doing that every day until the, the emotional charge and you have to do a different meaning every, so three different meanings every day, reflect on it and allow yourself to be genuine with it. Don't write, but still be bitter about the situation. Like actually entertain a different possible meaning. Even if it's, you know, even if you want to go back to your explanation later for the time that you're writing, allow yourself to entertain that different meaning. Now, number two is pick a, do the same thing, but record yourself. So basically do it auditory so that you can listen to yourself back. Now, do this every night or in the morning. And then listen to yourself, you know, the next day and see how you feel about it. Then re-record it and do it again. You know, probably just listening to ourselves is a very therapeutic thing because you're like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty ridiculous. Maybe that I think that. So pick a thing that's something that's unresolved, record an alternate meaning or one to three, let's say alternate meanings, and then listen to it the next day and see how you feel about the thing that's basically that you've attached to by reshaping it. That's the whole point. Remember, meaning is a clay. So by reshaping it, how does that make it feel? And number three, get coaching. You know, get somebody to work with you, get coaching. There's different ways to do that. There's seminars, there's workshops, there's one-on-one -on -one coaching. There's even maybe a dedicated listening partner that you have. Get somebody to listen to it and to help you see a perspective. Ultimately, it's all about perspective. That's what reframing is. It's about adjusting your vision, so you can see truly. So pick one thing, write it down, different meanings. Keep doing that until you kind of see that meaning is a clay that you can shape. You're not as attached. Do it auditory through voice recording or get coaching. Like I said, there's a lot of different valuable tools out there. I, I used Landmark. That was one of the seminar programs that I went through. I went through some other ones too, but that one was very meaning oriented. So I highly recommend that if it's in your area. Uh, but there's so many out there. I mean, there's great audio books that I've read. Uh, they're all on my recommended reading list. If you go and get the uh, class that accompanies this book, you'll have access to that list. There's a ton of really good books on there. But anyway, a lot of good stuff for you. Reframing is so important. So I hope this episode has inspired you to take a look at any situations in your life that you've had challenge with and uh, begin to think about them differently. Because remember, to be happy, to be grateful, to be productive, to be all these things that we want, 
requires continual practice of forgiveness. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have found value and if anybody in your life you feel would find value, share it with one person. You, know, you never know the difference that it's going to make. You can tag me on Instagram. If you have a response or if anything comes to your mind with this episode, let me know. It's at Tudor Alexander Official. And with that, remember that your life is a dance and go out there and dance it well. For more episodes and weekly content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.